Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. So we're starting a new series. It's called uh, Three Ways to Release Faith. And there, there you see the, the graphic there. And so uh, there's the sword, there's the shield, and there's a hand. So when, when it comes to us as believers releasing faith, we can release faith as a sword, we can le- release faith as a shield, and we can release faith as a hand. So that's what that graphic is showing us, okay? Here's our text scripture, James chapter 2 and verse 18. And it tells us this, it says, Nay, some will say, you have faith, I have actions. Prove to me your faith apart from corresponding actions and I will prove mine to you by my actions. So that sounds, in a sense, a little bit complicated, but you know, one way that we can simplify that is with an illustration. This happened a number of years ago. There's an evangelist in Canton, Ohio, I think, and he's still alive. This guy has his own 747 airplane, and when he goes on a mission field, he takes a big chunk of people to the mission field on a 747. So Canton, Ohio has a small airport and when you land in Canton, Ohio, sometimes you can look and there's like a, a 747 there, like, what's that doing there at this little airport? But that's, this guy's name is Ernest Angley, and he's probably like 80 years old by now. But there was about five or six Bible school young guys that graduated from Bible school, and they went to his church many years ago, to t- and they asked if they could talk to him in the back room before he ministered so he said very graciously said yes and they went in the back room and then they told him where he was missing it at where his doctrine wasn't correct you know they felt like they needed to correct him so he just listened to him and said okay and actually you know a lot of times when evangelists aren't teachers and so a lot of times evangelists can they can have signs and wonders but their teaching isn't always correct because they're really not called to teach so that's very common But, you know, the thing that we need to do is be thankful for the miracles and signs and wonders they have and not be critical of the other stuff. But these guys, young guys right out of Bible school, they thought they were going to show or teach him something. So he preached his message, and he had like a really big building and a balcony, and he found those five or six young guys in the balcony, and when he he was finished with his message, he was going to start ministering healing, so there was people that came on wheelchairs in an area. He found those guys, and he said he pointed to them, and he, and he said this. He said, I'm going to show you my faith with my actions. And then he pointed at the people in the wheelchair and said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And they all rose up and walked. And then he just kind of looked at the guys up there. You know? So, you know, not everyone's going to have perfect doctrine, but thank God for fruit. And so, like this scripture that we're talking about, you see the word faith is in that scripture. Now, another way to say faith is believe or beliefs. So let's put that in and look at this scripture now. It says, nay, someone will say, you have beliefs. That's what faith is beliefs. I have actions. Prove to me your beliefs apart from corresponding actions. In other words, you know, faith without some kind of action doesn't amount to a whole lot but then it says and i will prove my beliefs to you by my actions all right 
So what we see here, what the Bible teaches really clearly is faith isn't just a word, you know, but faith, you know, that God decided to come up with a word, faith, and he put it in the Bible, and it really sounds nice, but actually, you know, faith, God wants us to do something with our beliefs. So with that in mind, we're going to do this series on three ways to release your faith. The reason is because God wants us to use our faith. And it's good for us as Christians to know how we can release our faith. So today, what we're going to talk about is releasing faith as a shield, okay? And then next week, I think we'll do sword, and the week after, we'll do hand. But today, let's look at the scripture for today. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, it says this, In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith, to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So you notice the Bible talks about a shield of faith, okay? And so a shield was created to protect, all right? Protection is what a shield is all about, all right? So the Bible actually tells us as Christians we can put up a shield of faith, and what do you think that's for? It's to protect us, okay? So as we get into this, I thought we would um, just mention, I think I mentioned this before, and I don't know if you remember, but I talk about this prevention magazine that when I was growing up, they had a magazine in the States, I don't know if it's over here, called Prevention. This magazine was designed, and their mission was to educate people to prevent things. So, you know, like they, a lot of information, they, like, of course, they sold vitamins, you know, so they'll, like, if you take this and this and this, you know, it'll prevent that. So there was sometimes not proof that they would actually prevent anything, but they did a good job selling stuff. But then I always appreciate when they talk about food because, you know, they're not making money when they sell food. So, like, even you can see, like, tomatoes. Did you know that tomatoes are better for you after they're cooked a little bit versus raw? Most other fruits and vegetables are more healthy if you eat them raw. But tomatoes, when you cook them, they release something called lysopene or something like that, lysopene. And lysopene, when it's released, when tomatoes are cooked, it's a cancer fighter. And, and there is some proof about that it will fight cancer. So actually, you know, Italians eat a lot of tomato sauce, so I guess that's a good thing. So cook your tomatoes, okay? But, you know, th that kind of information, you know, nobody's making money when they give you that. But, you know, sometimes they'll try to sell vitamins and there's no proof the vitamins do what they say, okay? But the whole thing that I'm really making the point here is Prevention Magazine was designed to help prevent things, okay? So with that in mind, let's ask ourselves this question. Is there any evidence that God protects people, that he wants to prevent things from happening in our life? Do we have any record or do we have any history on that? So let's look at Psalm 91, and verse number one, okay? So look what it says here. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Don't you like the word shelter there? I, I think shelter is suggesting protection, right? The next verse, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Refuge, place of safety, that's letting us know that God, he wants us to be safe. He wants to protect us, okay? Look at the next verse. 
for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. There again, rescue you and protect you. And then look at verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. So I think it's pretty clear that we could say, and there's more scriptures, but that's all we're looking at. It's pretty clear that God, he wants to cover us, shelter us, protect us. God is in the protection business. God is in the safety business. He wants to keep us safe, and he wants to protect us, okay? So even, this is the Old Testament, so even in the Old Testament, uh, you don't see that God is telling people to just wake up in the morning and see how your day unfolds and see what comes to you and then accept it. Is, is God saying that? Now, there's a lot of people, including Christians, that they think, well, you just wake up in the morning and see what comes your way, see how your day unfolds, see what God has for you, and then they accept it. And then we were, we were some of those, well, I, I really wasn't a Christian at the time, but we grew up in church. And so my brother had grandma epilepsy and we were told that's, and actually we were told, it, it was said this way, he went in to see the minister. And the minister said, you know, you're very special. God trusted you and gave you this, and he can't do, he couldn't do that with others, but he trusted you because he knew you could carry grandma epilepsy. And if you don't know what grandma epilepsy is, that's the worst kind there's different kinds. Some of them you get a warning and you know when you're going to have a seizure, but grand mal is no warning and you just fall over and, and have a violent seizure. They were very violent. You can swallow your tongue. You can bite your tongue. And so we, we cared for my brother for many years, but then he had a seizure near the water and he drowned. We weren't around when that happened. But, you know, he was told that, you know, God trusted you. And it's like kind of you wake up in the morning and think, okay, well, whatever happens is God. And it's like blaming God for things that he's not responsible for. And God is not, re because even the Old Testament, and, and we're, the Bible says the New Testament, it's a better covenant established on better promises. But even in the Old Covenant, it, it, God wanted to protect people. It wasn't like God was saying, wake up in the morning and see what happens and just accept it. That's not in the Bible. But why do people think that way? It's not in the Bible, okay? Look at this. Look at Psalm 91 and verse 6. It says, Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Notice disease and disaster. Then look at this. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Now, disaster and disease God calls disease evil he said these evils will not touch you uh, God does not use sickness and disease to teach his people things it's not from God and God considers it evil and just like we come against sickness and disease with our faith the medical doctors they're fighting the same en enemy that we're fighting we're all in it together, and we're fighting that enemy called sickness and disease, and it, not, it does not come from God, okay? So let's just remind ourselves of this as we go on. Under the old covenant, okay, protection, shelter, safety, and refuge, it depended on man's, it, it was dependent upon man's performance. 
So in the Old Covenant, if man did good, he got good. In the Old Covenant, if man did bad, he got bad. Under the New Covenant now, protection, shelter, safety, and refuge depends upon, it's dependent upon the performance of Jesus. And Jesus already performed, and he lived his life perfect on the earth. He did not commit sin the whole time down here. And then God put sin on him. God put our sin on him, and God, he got punished for us in our place. So now we are righteous, and everything we have is because of what he did. It was his performance, okay? So we want to remind ourselves of these things. So now there's just one other element that's important. It was the performance of Jesus, but it's by grace through faith. And so some things aren't automatically going to happen because you decided to confess Jesus as Lord and make him your Savior because the Bible talks about possessing things. So as Christians, we can possess things, but also as Christians, we can put up a shield for protection. And so that's what we're talking about today, all right? So this uh, came into my heart. God designed us with a free will, placing responsibility on us for what happens in our life. Okay, now I, I think, I, I know that I've heard stories uh, that some Christians don't like to hear that. They don't want to think that there's responsibility on them. I don't believe we're any of those Christians. I've never been a Christian because if the Bible says something, I've always been one to say, if that's what the Bible says, who am I to question God? And I don't think any of you guys want to question God either. And the Bible actually teaches that, you know, God has his responsibility, God has his part, but man, we have our part and our responsibility. And that's just the way it is. You know what God is supposed to do, and we know what we should be doing. God's part, man's part. That's kind of like Christianity. Okay, we understand those things, and we have a better Christian life. So with that in mind, now look at these scriptures. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Now, does God guard our heart, or do we guard it? So that's something that we do. God doesn't guard our heart. We guard our heart, all right? So what you see there is that the heart is the wellspring of life. When your heart is not right, now, and I should explain that, if you're a Christian, you don't lose your salvation. If you're a Christian, you might do an unrighteous act, but you're still righteous because you're the righteousness of God in Christ, and your bad behavior doesn't make you unrighteous. It's an unrighteous act, and the Bible says in First John that you can go and receive cleansing for your unrighteous act, but it's not that you become, you've changed and no longer are a Christian. You're still a Christian, but you just acted wrongly, and then you receive your cleansing. So we never lose our place. We're seated in heavenly places. We don't lose that. We don't lose our righteousness or anything, okay? But, you know, you can get attitudes. So when I say if your heart's not, I'm talking about an attitude, like a, an attitude, something like that. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying anything concerning us losing anything that God gave us in, in our salvation. Now look at this scripture, Matthew 12. It says a good man. So if you're a Christian in here today, you're that person because this is talking about those that are saved and those that aren't saved. So the evil one is the one not saved. So for about everybody in here, this is talking to us. We're only gonna read the first part. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth notice how as christians with our heart we can bring forth things so that means if we act and we do use our faith we can put a shield up 
or we can, you know, and we'll talk about it later, use faith as a sword, use faith as a hand, but like our heart is like a production factory in the realm of the spirit. Uh, and I'm talking not our physical heart, but our spirit, you know, I'm talking about our spiritual heart. And, and it's actually, we, we have production going on so we can bring forth things. So the whole thing about, well, what, I don't know how my life is gonna be and, and you know, this is just what God gave me uh, you know, I don't know why God chose me to give this sickness to, or I don't know why I am in this place, and this, you know, that, that's all, that doesn't line up with the Bible, okay? The, you know, God, really the way God did it, we can go as far as we want to go in God. It's our choice, okay? It's our choice. We can go as far as we want to go, okay? So I, I really noticed uh, when I was in the hospital, uh, and, that, and, and if you're a guest with us today, uh, back in October of last year, I went into the hospital for the first time in my life, and I really never spent a night in the hospital. That was the first time. I just turned 60 years old, so it was something new for me, okay? But what I noticed, I listened to all the ones that were talking in the hospital, and I was shocked at how many people, they didn't know how they got there, why they got there, and many of them thought God did it to them. And I, I, of course, I was grateful. I thought, I'm so grateful because I, I, knew, I knew why I was in the hospital and I knew who put myself there. I did. And it wasn't God at all. God, God could have, I could have, if I would have put a shield of faith up early enough, I would have never been in the hospital. I did it by ignoring myself, okay? And I learned my lesson, you know? And, and it's a, very, many ministers do that. They, they use all their time to prepare, to teach and minister to other people and they, they neglect themselves, and, I, and I, I'm, I guess I proved I can do that, okay? But seven, you know, like, uh, I, I know that if I would have started to say what the Bible says about myself quicker and earlier, I waited till I found out uh, it's concerning my prostate, and that, and that was a thing, and it's all fixed now, and glory to God, and I didn't have to have it out, but like, when I found out it was four times the size of a normal prostate, I started, to call, I started to speak to it. That's a little bit late, but God had nothing to do with any of that. You, you see what I'm saying? And, and it's very prideful to blame God for things that he's not responsible for. That's pride, okay? And so, uh, so we don't want to do that. So here, here's something that came into my heart, okay? God desires to continually bless us knowing the part we play allows it to happen. Okay, okay. so what does that mean? It's really simple. God, he, he wants to bless you continually, but we have to know the part that we play for it to happen. Okay, and, and I guess some people just think, well, okay, I'm a Christian now, and I'll just let God do it. And there's certain things that God will do, but there's certain things that we need to do. Okay, and so we need to know our part. And then this also came into my heart. Our responsibility to walk in God's blessings is to simply believe and receive okay so we do have that part to believe and receive when jesus walked on the earth the jewish peoples you know they asked him a question they said what what do we have to do to do the works that you do and jesus said this is the work of god that you believe on me and so he made a big thing out of okay here's uh, in the old testament they had a lot of do's and don'ts and it's like Jesus is saying, okay, we're going to leave the do's and don'ts right now, and here's your number one priority, believe on me. 
really for Christians, our number one priority is to be able to believe what he's done for us in Christ. That's our number one thing. And when you, when you get your believing right, everything else, you're believing in your words and you're speaking right, everything else will start falling into place, okay? So with all of that in mind, it was just, I wanted to lay a foundation to show how important it is, our faith is important, and us using our faith. So now let's get into what we want to talk about today, and that's this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. It says, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So we want to talk about that. Notice there that I underlined the shield of faith, and then notice fiery arrows. So there's a few things that we want to say about the shield of faith, the shield and the fiery arrows, okay? So talking about the shield and the fiery arrows, let's first of all look at this word shield. The word shield, uh, is, it's, it's, um, it is a Greek, there's, there's a Greek word when it talks about, um, oh wait, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, let's go back. First of all, let's do this. Let's look at this scripture here, and in that scripture, the first thing we want to say is this, the Greek word dunamis is in that scripture. Now, what is dunamis? It's power, okay? So dunamis power, it's like dynamite power. That word is in the scripture. So what I did here is I, I put this in here. Now, look, at if you put that word in there, notice how it says, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith which, by which you will be dynamically empowered to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So there is a supernatural empowerment when we decide to put up a shield of faith, and it's talking about dynamite power. It's a supernatural shield that's able to stop anything the devil would try to bring at us. Now, and in case you don't believe there's a devil, we'd have to kind of rip that scripture out because the word devil's in that scripture. So, like, so I think we can say the Bible talks about a devil. So there is a devil. He wants to shoot fiery arrows at us, and the Bible tells us we have a supernatural shield that can put the arrows out. So that's the first thing. The second thing we want to notice here is the word, it's the word stop. You see where it says to stop the fiery? That, that Greek word stop, you know what that word means. It, it means to extinguish by drowning in water. To extinguish by drowning in water. Okay? So to explain that, we'll just go to the Roman soldiers. Now, what the Roman soldiers did before a battle is they soaked their shields in water. And they, you know, you talk about wood can get waterlogged. The Roman soldiers got their shields waterlogged and they were saturated in water. So back in those days, you know, they shot fiery arrows. There was also a type of arrow, and uh, I studied this even with this scripture, fiery, that word fiery there, that was a type of arrow that they actually drilled and they put some extra flammable materials in it. So when it hit, it didn't look so harmless, but when it hit, it would actually then open up and all this flammable liquid would get on the shield and it would catch it on fire, okay? So what the enemies wanted to do is they wanted to get the shields on fire so they threw them aside and they didn't have a shield. That was their goal, okay? So now this is really important and interesting what God is illustrating in the natural to help us in the spiritual. 
what the devil would like to do with Christians is he would like to shoot a significant arrow that when it doesn't look so big, like let's, let's give an example here. Somebody says something to you that's rather offensive. And so you hear something is done or something happens and it's offensive, okay? It doesn't at first seem so bad, but then you take a little bit of time to think about it. And it's kind of like uh, that when that arrow hits and it, and it and explodes and all that flammable liquid gets on the shield, it catches on fire. What the devil wants to do with Christians is he wants to shoot a significant arrow to get Christians offended and, and get a fire going so they throw their shield aside. And, they, and then they're shieldless. Okay, that's what he, deci- what he wants to do. So now isn't it interesting that the book of Ephesians uh, talks about the word of God being water. So what do you think a Christian would, what would, we, what would the shield be soaked in? It would be soaked in the word. So as Christians, the way that we put up a shield is by what we believe and say, but the, also that shield needs to be soaked in the word. Does that make sense? So, like, so let's just talk about this, you know, to make it simple, just a practical illustration of this. So as I said, somebody says something to me. So somebody said something to me, and, and I'm just appalled that they would even say it to me. And I think, who do they, so I, so I think, who do they think they are? The nerve of you to say that to me, and in my own time and the place of my choosing, you will pay for that remark, okay? So what, what am I doing? They say something which is offensive, and I respond to it the wrong way, and my shield goes down. That's, that arrow exploded and caught fire, and I throw my shield aside, and now there's nothing between me and them. Okay, now, it, it, now look at this scripture. Okay, look at this scripture. As soon as I find it. Um, where did you go? Okay, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. Look at it. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Notice how it talks about serving one another in love. Okay? And then verse 14, For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's pretty easy, right? Does any, no one has trouble understanding that. And then look at verse 15. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. Now, that's all pretty easy, but what, what we have to understand here, it's actually the devil will come up with plenty. You know, he has his mission statement is, I kill, I steal, and I destroy by any means possible. Lies, deception, but I want to kill, I want to destroy I, I want to, I, I, and, and, and whatever, kill, steal, and destroy, okay? That's his mission statement, okay? So just off of a little comment that somebody can make or just something that somebody did, and there's like, an, uh, uh, it's possible to have offense. And so, so you, you don't have your shield up, it's not soaked in the word, and you take offense. And so you comment, the shield is down, and now there's nothing between you and that person. And then it's one... Sh- back and forth you know and according to what that says you we can bite and devour one another now god knew because he knows the beginning from the end 
when he inspired the book of Galatians, he knew this would be a challenge for us. And he tried to help us by putting it there, that he doesn't want us to bite and devour one another. So the question is, what, what I just described, that's like lowering the shield, okay? And by the way, who, who, who is to hold the shield up? Is God the one that holds it up, or, or are we the one? It says you hold up the shield. So it isn't, God isn't going to put the shield up. We need to put it up. Okay, so I just gave you an example on how that shield can be lowered. But now let's talk about this. How can we put the shield up instead? Okay, so how can we live our life where, in this case, we have a shield? So I just kind of did it this way. On a day, is, is every time you think about it, one thing we can say about ourselves is, I am a love being. Okay, I am a love being. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. We can say this all because it's true. I am empowered to forgive and empowered to love. We can say that about us. Jesus said to take no offense. You know, we need to remind ourselves, Jesus, is that a high enough authority, people? That Jesus said to take no offense. Remind ourselves, Jesus said to take no offense. So I, I, I should remind myself of that. So even though somebody might say something that would be offensive toward me, I am empowered to forgive them and to love them. So what am I doing? I'm soaking myself in the word. I'm keeping up the shield. So if somebody does that, I can handle it. I got that shield soaked with the word. And that comment that would be offensive or whatever, it hits that shield and it gets quenched out. Now, now I, I know this is really not normal for out in the world. But this should be normal Christianity. This is, this is what we, we, this is normal Christianity. But you have to want to do this. So you, say, you can say, I choose to take no offense. I choose not to be offended. I choose that. Because Jesus said, take no offense, okay? So basically, having right beliefs and corresponding actions, that's how we put the shield up, and that's how we quench all the fiery darts. So I just gave you an example in that one area, but uh, there, there's other things we can say. So here's some closing thoughts about what we're talking about today. Let's look at this. And what you see here is the shield of faith is, of course, supernatural protection against our enemy. That's what it is. It's supernatural. Then secondly, we either raise it or lower it, depending, now here's, it's important, depending on our beliefs and our words. Okay, so sometimes, I mean, and I get amazed because, I, you know, I've been doing this for a while, and, uh, and I, I get amazed because you can teach all this, and then when, something, when somebody actually has a confrontation with a fellow, fellow believer, they fall apart, and you think that, did we not teach on this so many times, but you just keep on teaching on it, because, you know, somewhere along the line that the Christians are going to do this, you know, but so we either raise it or lower it depending on our beliefs and our words. But we have to choose to want to believe what the Bible says, you know, and we have to decide that I'm not going to accept things that aren't in line with the Bible. It's our choice, okay? So we raise it or we lower it, and it really depends on our beliefs. So that's why it's important to educate ourselves what does the Bible say? And if you know what the Bible says, then you just think, okay, that's my belief but I'm also going to act on it. 
I'm not just going to believe it, but I'm going to act on it. Then the next thing you see there is this. The shield is large enough in size, and it can protect every area of our lives. Now, so I know I taught on this before, but I'll just remind everybody. The shield that we're talking about, because uh, there were two shields that the Roman soldiers had. They had that one shield, the big one, and then they had that round one that goes on the arm. This shield that we're talking about is the big one. Okay? And so that big shield, they could hide behind it. The shield of faith, if we keep it out there, it can protect us totally concerning everything that would happen in our life. Okay? That's the shield that we're talking about. You know, the gladiator. Did you, when you see the gladiator, you know, my name is gladiator. No. <laughs> the days for honoring yourself shall soon be over. Highness. <clears throat> I love that. The days for honoring. Anyway. <clears throat> so, you know, that big shield, okay? And that shield uh, was there. It could protect. They couldn't get hit anywhere on their body. That's the shield that we're talking about, okay? So we can put up a supernatural shield that's big enough to protect us in every area of our life, okay? Let's look at this next thing. We can prevent bad things from happening if we keep the shield up. We can do that. Now, I know myself, um, I thought that I had, when I got into the hospital in October, I was kind of at first thinking, well, this isn't a, a defeat. But then I got to thinking, because seven years ago, when I had an appointment to see a specialist, and I found out that my PSA level was like uh, up to seven, and it should be three-point-something, and so I'm talking to the specialist, and he says, give me your family history, and I said, well, my father had cancer of the prostate, and they removed it. And then my, the brother, my oldest brother, two years older than me, and then I'm next, he had prostate cancer, and they, he had it treated with radiation. So I'm telling the doc, and he says, you know, the percentage that you have cancer is way up there because, because it's in your family line. And so when he told me that, I thought I wanted to go hide, and I did. I hid, I hid my head in the sand. I just walked out, and I didn't even let him do an examination on me, and I left. I paid the bill, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I ignored it for seven years. Seven years. And then seven years later, I paid for it. I, and I didn't even... I didn't use my faith in every area, but there's, here's what I wanted to say. I used my faith in one area, and this is one thing I can say that I've done consistently. I consistently say cancer cannot live in my body. So I didn't have to have my prostate out, and it's all fixed, but here's the thing. They went in and they scraped out some tissue, and they checked it for cancer, and I got the good report that I had no cancer. So even though... One, in one way, I didn't speak to the size of my prostate till the end, and, and that's after it was four times the size that it should have been. My fault. God didn't do that. But I did consistently say for a long time that cancer cannot live in my body, and I put that shield up there, and I got the report, no cancer. That was a good report to hear because of my father having his taken out and my brother having to have his dealt with also. So what am I saying is I did it, and it actually worked, basically is what I'm saying. So you can put up a shield. I should have put the shield up in all areas, and I didn't, okay? So every area of your life, you can put up a shield. Now, uh, I've told this story before, but I'll remind Charles Caps, who he's gone home to be with the Lord, tremendous Bible teacher. He specialized in the subject of faith, 
confession. Uh, he was excellent. He was one of the most disciplined people I ever read out because this guy, man, he, he confessed and said what the Bible said about himself consistently. So he's in his airplane, and he's coming back from preaching, and he gets a very sharp pain in his side. And, and if you know Charles Capps, he would not go to the doctor just to go. You know that this must have, he landed his airplane and went to the emergency room, and they said, your appendix has exploded. But they said, we've never seen this, ever. It's, it's like an invisible bag inside there, and not one bit of the poison has escaped. And they just sli sliced him open, and they took it out and sewed him up, not one bit of poison got into his body. They sent him home. They said, we've never seen that. But you know what I, I believe, and this is what Charles Capp says, because he said for so long what the Bible said about himself, he, he was spared. He was like, he put up a shield. And that made the difference in his life. So what, what am I saying? You know, we can, the quality of our life and how good our Christian life is, we have a part to play in that. So we can have as much as we desire. Jesus said all things are possible to those that believe. And so how much of God do you want? How much of God's blessings do you want? And, you know, and, and I see the blessings of God. There's two things we need to do God's work. We need our health and we need finances. So I don't believe it's selfish because God put it in us. We all want to be healthy and we all want to be prosperous. You know, and that's what you need to serve God. And so we can actually put shields up. We can put a shield of faith up there. So here's the last thing. It's wise to compile a set of scriptures and release them as a shield in our life. That's a good and wise thing to do. So I think everyone should, I should give you guys a homework assignment, and I think you all need to go. If you haven't done this yet, go compile scriptures in various areas for your life and begin to put up a shield. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, like uh, I do this, uh, you know, and even with our daughter living on the other side of the world, your mind, you know, I don't know if you guys have that, but your mind gets going. So I'm thinking, and so we went over there to South Carolina, and, and, and that place where she's at, it's a strange place, you know, they, they got all these roads, they're like country roads, you know, two-lane roads, you know, and they're windy. So I'm th my mind gets going, boy, I hope she pays attention when she's driving. What? What if, there's, what, what if it's foggy, you know, and I'm thinking I'm on the other side of the world, you know, and you, you get going. And the only thing that I can get, the only thing that can, I can get comfort is, is I, I say this about my daughters and my wife, I say it about our whole family, no weapon formed against us will prosper. You put that shield up there. No weapon formed against us will prosper. No evil will come near our dwelling. And you put that shield up there. And so that's the only thing that can comfort me, knowing my daughter's on the other side of the world, but I'm saying and I'm, I'm confessing and I'm saying things uh, about her and ke keeping the shield up even for her for protection. Uh, I do, we do it with our house. I walk around in our house and I say, I say this about our house. I say, this property where we're living, because we're living on this property, I have authority on this property, I pay the bills here. And because I pay the bills here and it's my property, I declare that the angels of God have charge over this property and the angels of God will not let any evil onto this property. If somebody decides to come here and try to rob our house, as soon as they walk on our property, they're going to get fearful and afraid and confused and run away. 
I say no weapon formed against us will prosper. You say those kind of things. When we're driving our automobiles, no weapon formed against us will prosper. The angels of God have charge over our automobiles, and you can, you can put the shield up in so many different areas, your health, your safety, uh, and even in relationships. Like I, I gave that illustration about relationships. Get soaked in the Word. You know, it's, it's time for Christians to stop living their life defensively. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I don't have to defend myself. And, and I know I, I get criticism all the time, but if you think I'm going to stand up here and attack the people that criticize me, you, it'll be a cold day and you know where before I do that. Because I'll tell you, because I'm not going to take any offense and I'm going to teach and preach the word. But it's like we either live down here or we live up here. And it's time for the Christians to start living from their place in Christ. You know, and not taking offense and not letting those kind of things uh, affect us in any kind of a way. It's our choice. But, you know, you, you know uh, we, we, we're either, you know, like this whole thing about, you know, like God is here and then, then there's preachers and then there's people. That, no, God is here and then we're here. There's, there's no difference because we're all Christians. There's just different job responsibilities. And every single Christian can live victoriously. It's not like victorious life isn't for somebody to get up and just say a bunch of words and it's a bunch of hot air that I'm just, you know, it's, it's, for, it's for everybody. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here today. I thank you that we can all put up a shield. Father, I just thank you, Father, that uh, you help uh, the words that I spoke today, that you help everybody grasp the words that I said, Father, that it'll make sense to people, that, Father, that we have a group of people that are, they got their shield up, Father, they're protected, they're safe, I thank you for that. They're blessed. Father, thank you so much for that in Jesus' name uh, that you're helping all of us to be victorious, joyful, happy, fruitful Christians. Thank you, Lord. Before we leave today, I want to give a special and a very important invitation. You may be with us today, and it's possible that you were, in my, you were like me. You went to church a lot, but you never confessed Jesus as your Lord uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that today. The Bible says that good works, like being good, even loving God, doing good things, that doesn't save you. The Bible says there's only one way to be saved, and the only way that we can be saved is we confess Jesus as Lord and believe God raised Him from the dead. So maybe you thought, well, church membership will save Church membership won't save you. Doing good things won't save you. Loving God doesn't save you. There's only one thing that can save us, and that's confessing Jesus as Lord. We want to give everybody an opportunity to do that today. So I'm going to say a prayer, and if you're with us today and you've never confessed Jesus as your Lord, this is your big opportunity. This is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life is this. This is the most important thing. Because life on earth is only temporary, it's short. But life after is forever, it's eternal. And this is you'll make a decision today where you're going to spend eternity the most important thing you'll ever do so i'm going to give everybody that opportunity here's all you have to do the only thing you have to do is when you pray this pray from your heart mean every single word just don't listen but say it with your mouth say it believe it let it come out of your mouth are you guys ready to do that today let's do that okay let's close our eyes and let's pray this Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. 
Jesus, thank you. You came to earth for me. You died for me. You became sin for me. God raised you from the dead for me. I declare now, I believe God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I call you Lord. I call you my Lord. I call you my Savior. You're welcome in my heart. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me. Your love toward me makes me want to love you. I love you, Jesus, because you died for me. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story that you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au. 